13 Sentinels Aegis Rim is a new echelon of storytelling wrapped in a stunningly beautiful package. This game's highest praise is that it interweaves so many storylines to keep you guessing and many different approaches to a familiar but unfamiliar world. It's absolutely worth your time, even if the game style might get in some people's way. I implore you, play this game, experience this story, it's a masterclass in what it sets out to achieve, and if you have any inkling into sci-fi with complicated plots and different perspectives, this is a goldmine of what the heck is going on in the best of ways. Visual novels continue to be missing within my own personal gaming catalog. Almost every time I pick one up, though, I seem to enjoy it. 13 Sentinels has many mechanics thrown into it, yet from my short stint into this one, it seems the developers have brought all of this together into a very unique, cohesive package. Maybe with one mechanic falling a bit short in my book. Needless to say, this was a refreshing video game experience in my eyes, and that has been sorely needed for me this season. So let's talk about this one. Welcome to Bits of Time, where we ask the simple question, is this video game worth your time? There are only two of us, not 13. We don't have any Sentinels, but I like vanilla ice cream. This is made by VanillaWare. I'm one of your hosts, Michael. My God. I'm Larry. What in the hell, man? <laughs> <sighs> so that intro, hmm, you might actually like a game <laughs> that I picked. Perhaps. There, there's a lot of promise with this one. And this is where our podcast is at its strongest because I am now somebody who is looking to you to hope that like this game continues to build upon itself. I'm and sorry if I let you down, everybody. <laughs> well, not according to that intro. It sounds no, like I have nothing to worry about. Yes. Okay. So one thing we do have to talk about, Larry, how long did you spend on this game? Because you did say short stint. Yeah. Well, I think this is also longer than some of the games that I've disliked this season, but I have two hours, 31 minutes, 23 seconds is that, what I have written. That's a pretty good chunk of time, I feel yeah. like, for this. And I feel like you get a feel of the three different types of gameplay elements that are going on. Well, and I would actually put the caveat on top of that is this is the one game I set it down with an intent. To, I actually want to keep this one going. Okay. And, which is, that, like I said, that's why I put that at the end of this. I actually, this is a game I want to continue to play. I'm very much fascinated in where this is going. I have a couple questions. I have a little bit of a concern about one area, which we'll, we'll dive into. All right. So with me, it took me 34 hours, 59 minutes, and 23 seconds to completely finish 13 Sentinels Aegis Rim for the PS4 with a Platinum Trophy. You mainly get most of the trophies by progressing the story. There are some tied to combat and thought clouds, which we will talk about. Yeah, those thought clouds. That's another area I want to talk about. I forgot about that. Yeah, we so about let's talk about the history of this, and we'll talk about our history with this developer because I don't think we this is a one-off game there's no other game we at, have no at the moment <laughs> yeah <laughs> 13 sentinels aegis rim was developed by vanillaware and published by atlas on september 22nd 2020 in the states came out in japan november of the previous year this is vanillaware's first sci-fi centric game all their other offerings were high fantasy i've only played dragon's crown they only have three games i believe it's dragon's crown odin's sphere and Muramasa Rebirth, okay. or just Muramasa, I can't remember. I've heard a lot about Odin Sphere in the past. Yeah, I think that was a PS2 game, I believe. All of them have this really great-looking art style, very eye-catching. You're you're going to know the style of the game. when you. This one looks way different, though, I think. I mean, not way different, but 
the style is just flipped somehow. I don't really know how to explain it, but when you compare it to the the other games, you can tell it's vanillaware, but it looks so much different. That could be the setting. The sci-fi is different from high fantasy. Yeah, there's a uniqueness about the art style in this game. But this is by far their best looking game, in my opinion. But I haven't seen the other ones in motion, Mm. which that could be a thing. So get my own two eyes on it. I need that in front of me. But I do want to get around to playing Muramasa, which I got on my Vita. So. so interesting thing about this game, this started development in 2013 right after, I believe that's when Dragon's Crown came out. And it there was supposed to be a toy line, which is really interesting. Uh, that's how it started. The director of the game, George Kamitani, wanted to make a smaller game compared to his previous ones. And <laughs> he got a very sprawling epic thing. So I don't know, maybe just in gameplay design he was thinking. I'm not sure, but there's there's a lot in this game. So I don't know if small is the right word for it. And I'm wondering if he went a little bit outside of his expectations on this one. Uh, apparently, Atlas did not want the toy line, but the script relatively stayed the exact same. The ending of the final scene, first draft, and unchanged. That's I think pretty that's good. pretty cool. Yeah. yeah, That's very cool. That means his vision kind of stayed in check for, through all yes. the development process. Uh, this is kind of a long message, but I want to get that. I think it's pretty cool. This is an excerpt from Facebook via Atlas West page, and it's from the game's director. A message to the fans a day before the game launches the way, here in the state. It's, it's 2022. you got to call it Meta, not Facebook. <sighs> Whatever. <laughs> it's still on Facebook. So this is from him. Time truly flies so quickly. I still recall when I attended E3 to promote Dragon's Crown, I was asked by Atlas staff in the USA what kind of game 13 Sentinels Aegis Rim would be. At the time, all we had was the the title and a couple illustrations on hand, but I remember saying it would be something a bit like Heavy Rain Pacific Rim, throwing some big names down, trying to put up a front. So that's, that's interesting right there. Years went by, and the development of 13 Sentinels Aegis Rim came up against numerous brick walls. Part of that was because the game was truly, recklessly ambitious, an attempt to redefine what storytelling in a game could be. Finally, six years since that New Year's greeting card that started all, the game was finally finished. After pouring in what felt like an immeasurable amount of work and time, and all we have here at Vanillaware... I consider this title to be an amalgamation of everything within me, a culmination of all of my past experiences and creative skills packed with my feelings and respect for my inspirations. In truth, I doubt we'll ever be able to create a game the same way we did this one. I can't say for sure how much a sci-fi coming-of-age story set in Japan will resonate with the rest of the world. I'm sending this game off with my head held high, knowing we crafted something worth taking pride in a game I truly feel is Vanillaware's best work to date. I sincerely hope everybody who plays the game enjoys it as much as we did making it. George Kamitani, Vanilla. Oh, I guess I, I get three takeaways from that. One, uh, this is the importance of having a producer. <laughs> you need to, someone eventually needs to step in and be like, "Hey, guys, budget, 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 budget." Recklessly yeah. ambitious. And point so, that out. And again, I understand like producers are hated, but that's why it's important to have one. Uh, I will put the one connotation in there. Every developer's most recent game is usually one of their favorite, but that him, the way that that was worded, it's so awesome to see. Like, he's truly proud. It's very refreshing. I feel like this is a Japanese culture thing, too. Yes. Like, yes. coming out and pouring your heart and soul into it, especially if they mess up, then they apologizing. But there, there definitely is more of like in the Western market a feel of just coldness i think sometimes the whole production side of games where you see that in like the eastern japanese style games where it's 
there's just so much more love and passion. I think that's maybe what's missing sometimes. Yeah, I feel like we are getting that in the West here and there, and maybe we had that before. There's some type of middle area where everybody's just like, oh, big company, scary, rah. But yeah, I think maybe like the the EA, the Ubi's, like we, there's a little bit of like the monotonous that we see. And may, hopefully that's changing, but we're seeing a little bit of that right now. Correct. You said there was three points. I feel like you only said two. I got through all three. The, the final one was just that I was so thankful that y- you can see how much passion was there. In we, there. there we go. Well, that's three. I, I can learn to count <laughs> one of these days. Where do you want to start with this one? Well, I almost feel like because we brought it up while you were doing the history, we probably should just talk about the the look, the art style. Yeah. Just finish that point. There. So this game, there's a lot of, you know, when you think of sci-fi, you go into like dark areas, but this game has a lot of vibrancy to it. Mm-hmm. Like, Anytime there is light in this game, it's yeah. amazing. Seeing it go through the classrooms or you're out in like near a, a hilltop and you're seeing the sun come down, it's unbelievable. You know, for me, when I play video games, I always, whenever I look at a game and I think back to it, there's always like moments that I'm like, I see on screen, I'm like, wow. They, they, they knew there was something they wanted you to see or remember about a scene. And the first time I went into the future and saw like the desolated, destroyed world, like the way that they pictured it with the giant like uh, kaiju. Yes, thank you. Which I feel like that name is used so much, but just that kind of scene and the way that the art style of the game was put together. I've only played about a little under, I think, two and a half or about two and a half hours, and I already have a moment where I'm like, like I really, really like that. But going back, just the art style itself, there is a, the way that I worded it, there's a floaty, like, like wit, I don't even know what the correct term would be, like nature to the way the characters kind of bounce on screen. Oh, yeah, I got you. Man. Yeah, and it, there's almost a uniqueness because, like, you can tell based off of the way the character's motion is, you get a little subtle style to whether it's a cocky character or more like a colder character or more happy-go-lucky character. Yeah, they do really good about that. Yeah, and I, I thought that was, like, a unique just subtle thing that they do in the game and just the art style itself. Like you brought up the light, just that palette, that style. It's so just nice to look at and aesthetically nice to look at. It's not ever going to age poorly at all. No, this game is going to be beautiful till the end of time. It's you almost, you almost feel like when you have this style of game, the art you could it almost just feels like it was drawn like you can see it where all games are drawn but then there's a layer of graphics that get thrown over it this just feels like a game that was just yeah it could be hand drawn i think that's what their studio is kind of known for is that look and this one just pops like none other i think we should explain a little bit just in case you've never heard about this game there is 13 different protagonists you pick a story you go into it it's kind of like an adventure game where you're just talking to fellow students in this Japanese high school, and there's time travel. Yeah. It, well, and again, the caveat, since it is a visual novel, there's a lot of reading. Like You have a to lot. be willing to put up with that. And I think one of the coolest aspects of it, I was watching you just play towards the end a little bit because uh, you played in two different sessions, I believe. Yep. And you just see other protagonists walking in the background of the school, and it's just like, this is so cool. And you did kind of clue me into that towards the end. At one point, you were talking about a specific character that I was asking you questions about. And so that that's cool that just that's how they're interwinding the storylines, and it kind of shows you that, it, to me, it gave me the vibe that we're going to maybe go back and see some of the connections pop up again. Correct, yes. And I already, in my head, was like, when you mentioned that to me, I was kind of like, oh, okay. So I wonder if when I play as that character, 
I will see a sim like this scene I'm experiencing right now just from that person's point. Yep. And that's cool. Like I, I love that, which you could also see why it would probably took so long to develop. That is hard to intertwine, especially 13, 13. And why 13, by the way, like, yeah, is there I a reason? Was uh, the story ever? Maybe I, it's been a little while since I finished it. And I, I went through <laughs> before we did this, a long deep dive and all the things. Cause I didn't know how much story we were going to talk about. And I don't think they ever say they're, why specifically 13 okay. but they are recruiting people for a specific reason in this game so so it's not like the atypical like we need 13 crystals yeah uh, no no okay. definitely not which all is right. great good and one thing i will say is all the characters feel different it feels the wrong world because you're not actually, i mean you're controlling characters but you're not the gameplay isn't like that yeah but you're through st- it's that's the book side of it right yeah Where, exactly like, you're you can you just know the character's mannerisms and thoughts are different and when a lot of people i know you mentioned visual novel and the your intro it's not typical intro uh, visual novel where there's a big side thing at the bottom and it's two static images talking to each other it's not like that all the conversation is through dialogue above their heads but it's it's very neat is the right word i'd put as so when you and, you know, there's a lot of movement in between characters, so it's not this as static as visual novel. There's a lot more going on, I would say. Yeah. You know, I kind of, this game also gave me the vibe. I realize there's a possible hole in my life when it comes to, like, going back to, like, the classroom aspect of video games. There, there's a lot there that you can play with in games. And I kind of was really hesitant when you first showed me this game. Like, I, I remember watching you play a little bit of it, and I was like, okay. There's a lot going on. The music's pretty cool. I was like, this looks like Michael's style of game. But as I, and this is why it's so important to actually play games, is as I was playing it, I caught myself getting kind of sucked into that world, which is a credit to the writing. Yeah, 100%. And I think what's interesting about it, I didn't grow up in a Japanese school. It felt homey in a way. And maybe there's, we always use the word nostalgic, but I know it's not nostalgia. But interesting in that letter from the director, he was like, you know, I'm sending this game out into the world, the coming of age story in Japan. Like, how is that going to resonate with people? You know, I didn't grow up there. Obviously, I've liked anime and these types mm-hmm. of games for a while, but I resonated with it, even though I have no experience. And this is, you know, back in the 80s and 90s is the feel of this game. And then you jump around to futures, yeah. which is very complicated. And they do a total different twist on it. Okay, so it. it goes, it's like 1945. It goes all the way up to. 20 i can't remember the exact i think it's like 2155 or something off the top okay. of my head but. so there's definitely a big range too yes but, you know that was the thing i also noticed in my play experience a game i always know a game's potentially going to be special for me is when i'm experiencing the characters and i'm wanting them to make the right decisions and <laughs> i i noticed that i was already kind of like okay here like where are you gonna go i want good things to happen here i i'm starting to worry about this character like i would all that is playing in the back of my head and game only not a lot of games have done that for me and the fact that this game was doing that i feel like it has the potential from my point of view to be something a special experience for me and there are three distinct parts so like we talked about you're picking a protagonist and then you have these adventure like things where you're trying to trigger an event and say the right dialogue to a person to to go through the scene and each one is broken up into these smaller little chapters basically 
And then there is just a, a mode that's all the encyclopedia of everything you learn. So yeah. that's all it is. And then you have the RTS turn-based style combat thing. Mm. What are your thoughts on that? So th- this would be the area. And I'm assuming it gets more complex and more complicated uh, as you go. This in this is coming from someone like me who I'm, I'm a fan of like XCOM. I'm, I'm a fan of a lot of the strategy aspects. I felt like this was a little bit of an add-on to me. It felt more of like that tower defense style game there, there's the turn based to it so um, it, it's really strange the enemies move constantly but when you are initiating when your gauge fills up for each character mm-hmm. you're in these giant mechs the, the sentinels and when you're the game pauses every single time before you take an action yes. so it's like real time and turn based yeah, at the same a, time it, yeah it's like a little mixture of the I've two. never really played anything yeah. like that for the most part so yeah. I think that's unique I would say it is the weakest link out of everything. Yeah, so, and this is, I was actually curious from your point of view, because I'm assuming, like I said, because I've only gotten, I've only, I think, fought in that mode three times on my plate through. And each time, there wasn't a massive change in what was going on. And in my head, I was kind of like, I was playing this, I, f- I almost started feeling I was like wanting to button mash to get through it. Like I saw, I liked that there was a little bit of strategy. Like there was a point where I sat and thought like, okay, should I wait right now? What's this enemy going to do? So there's a little bit of that, but I was really wanting to get back to the other parts. Which, and that's my thing. I can't decide yeah. if it's a negative because the other part's so strong that this just feels a little less. Well, okay. So the point that I was trying to make is, is someone like, it doesn't have the depth of the game, that style gameplay of the games that I like, but Taking that to the side, like, what are your thoughts on this part? I was more curious in your response here. So the nice part is if you want a harder experience, you can bump it up to harder difficulty. There is normal and I believe there might be easy. I can't remember. Well, then I would also say for people who just want the story, maybe it's better that you can bump it back. Which is, that's why I think it's perfect Mm -hmm. in that regard. I found it intriguing, especially towards the end. It got harder. I actually started losing some missions. So there's that. Okay. So, but it did generally feel easy throughout okay it's just to clarify then if you lose a mission are you meaning do you have to replay or is it actually story significant you just replay it. okay yep. and the one thing i like about it is there's a beginning little intro talk usually mm-hmm. and there's an ending talk and the stuff that they talk about somehow correlates with the adventure mode because this is taking place at a different time when That's everybody cool. knows yeah. each and they'll say something and i'm and I'll be like, wait, what? And somehow with a story, for the most part, you get to pick where you start and stop. It doesn't spoil uh, moments in the game, but it sometimes it'll say something. And you're like, that doesn't make any sense. And then mm. when you go into the adventure mode, you're like, oh, crap. That's clever. I yeah. like that. And there were so many points where I was like, okay, I need to go play this person's story because of what they said. I was like, how do they okay, link that's up? Okay, that's a good thing then. So that, it's almost like those are subtle little drops that they throw in to get it's almost like you know you can freely pick whoever you want but that seems like a guiding hand exactly a little bit and you have to jump back in between because you get to a certain point where the rows of attacks or what are they called they're like different episodes Mm -hmm. whatever i can't remember what they're called they won't unlock unless you have level or chapter two of this character and this character unlocked so there's some flow but for the most part you just pick wherever you want to go and somehow it integrates so seamlessly it doesn't spoil anything or if it's a spoiler thing you're like that doesn't make any sense what the heck is happening yeah well it's almost like the spoiler pops up and that just provides you more intrigue you're like okay man i need to go pick this character and see what the heck's going on right now and so the strategy of the actual rts part 
yeah, it's not super in depth, but there's enough depth to, I think, to keep you interested. So for instance, there are some enemies that are weaker that you have to attack from behind. So you have to go behind Mm -hmm. your different sentinels are some fly. So they're quick. Some are slow. Some can just do a rocket barrage and just do a bunch of damage or sentry turrets, which is super fun. And then later on, as you fight more different types of kaiju that are invading you, it, it gets enough. Okay. So then, and maybe you just answered my question. I was going to say, is it more of a, it's a nice change of pace and there is a good story element filler that pops in there? Yep. That's okay. almost exactly. Like it peppers you with enough story intrigue. Some, you know, some of it might be a little throwaway. It's not going to be super throwaway. It's the wrong answer. Not going to be revolutionary to what like, oh my God, they just said this and how's that yeah. relate? But there's enough of those peppered in that I think it's worth uh, doing. They don't last very long each time. They're, you know, like yeah. two to three minutes, five minutes at most. So you never feel like you're so committed to this. And then, you know, I played the battle system after I beat the game just to kind of, because there's like this endless run. You can just keep going, going, going. And I messed around with it for like 13 rounds or something. Okay. I don't know if that's specifically 13 and I stopped there for a reason. Maybe I made it to like 17. Whatever, it doesn't matter. I think there's enough there. It is not the strong point of this game though. It, but it does break it up a little bit like you said and i feel like it it's a nice ancillary mode you know yeah, well and, and to clarify i didn't say it i was asking your advice which and again that's uh i like the fact that they do ha- that they are still interacting with each other and not specifically always just talking about the battle itself maybe there is some other drops i like that that's a potential there yeah so, it's simplified a little okay. bit but yeah, I, I still think I like it, and I think it's just a nice palate cleanser of swapping between the two, and you know, the little pepper in the story elements it really goes a long way, I think, in this game. Okay, well, so then I guess then my next, it really the part that, I don't know if it was more my confusion, or I just wasn't paying attention sometimes, or what was going on, but I felt like I really, really like the idea of the thought bubbles, where you get to kind of, you can think for yourself and talk to yourself internally, or ask a character a question and you can decide. For some reason, for me, it felt like sometimes I, c- I couldn't remember if I had clicked on, there wasn't like a, like sometimes visually I could tell that I'd already done it. It felt like sometimes I couldn't visually tell and I was redoing things. I think if I remember correctly, they're highlighted in a different color or okay. they become gray versus one's green. I can't remember if that's, if your okay. cursor's over it or not. Yeah, because because I remember multiple times knowing okay i knew i could tell i got what i needed from that and it was clear and i could see it but there was a couple times and i was like okay maybe i just haven't gotten the answer that i need from the character or there was like a trigger yeah but then there was it felt like one or two times where it was like i couldn't it neither happened and so there was like a little bit of a middle ground yeah but i like the concept so it was more of maybe just like an annoyance i did something a little bit off that was my only other complaint about the game that was it to clarify i guess what thought clouds thought bubbles are is when you talk to characters in the game as you're going through the school portions of the game if you hear a topic then it'll go into this other menu so you press triangle i believe it was on ps4 and it brings up all the topics that you've Mm, heard about or that you need to progress and you can click on it and you can hear an inner dialogue of your character just talking about it so like one of the big things is in juno's character he gives your the other guy, I can't remember his name. He's got blonde hair, whatever. He gives you a, a VHS because it's in mm-hmm. the 80s. And so then you can talk about, oh, Kaiju movie. I want to go watch this. And so mm-hmm. it, like, it brings a little story elements to your character too. You feel what they're actually going to think. And then 
you can use those topics to talk to other characters and that's how you progress through the story well and i think this is where the idea of the way that the game is presented the fact that there's the difference between what you're actually thinking internally and then using some of those internal thoughts to actual actually then ask questions it almost gives you this connection like that's what we do in real life it's like i'll have a thought in my head and then i'll, that's I'll a very good point yeah. yeah i'll use that thought to then ask you a question for instance and I think the game found a way to blend that really creatively that maybe it looks contextually simple, but there's more complexity with the way that they ask the questions. And I will say there's a lot of Western RPGs will do this thing where they'll give you, I think I actually remember Mass Effect did this a couple of times back in, where there you would contextually have questions you could ask another character. And then when you clicked it, your guy would say it in a way oh that, that wasn't didn't make any sense yeah, and i'm that like no rep- that's not how i wanted it to go <laughs> yeah, how it's worded there you're like oh that's what i'm gonna say and then you say it and you're like oh but that doesn't make any sense so the f- way that this game alleviates that is you know what your character is thinking and how they're gonna say it based on their thought which i thought was really really clever because a lot of games don't do that so right. when i when i went to ask a question i was like i know what they're gonna i know how i'm gonna say this because i know how i'm thinking it which is almost like you're the character which is very clever so Mm -hmm. props there okay so clearly visual novels have the freedom to kind of explore this better and obviously you're the one not i guess not obviously to the listeners obviously here (laughs) you kind of introduced me to visual novels and it's always been something i've seen them every time you talk about them they sound intriguing but clearly I've never pushed myself to have this be a mainstay, even though I like almost everyone I've ever experienced. So I really need to push myself. You really like them. They've always been in your life. What is it about visual novels that work for you? Well, it's not always been in my life. Got to correct that truth. When, did you, when was the first time you played one? <sighs> I was trying to think about that. I want to say late 2010, somewhere up. I want to say between 08 and 2010, somewhere around there. I don't really know. Okay, so then I, I guess then knowing... I've always had books in my life, so well, maybe that's what you're thinking. And Yeah, so you kind of jumped in there. That, that was where I was going to evolve this to is obviously you're a big book reader. So what is it... Because like video games and books obviously stand at different areas. Correct, yeah. Where visual novels feel like that kind of blend potentially between the two. So what is it about visual novels that you like better than books? And what is it you like better than maybe just traditional games? Yeah, so... Within the visual novels, there's definitely two different types, right? There's one that basically all you're doing is reading and you just have your characters talking with each other and then you get to see backgrounds and art and little splash screens. Maybe you'll make a choice, like a dialogue choice here and there, Mm -hmm. but mainly you're just experiencing it for the story and you get a visual along with it. Yeah. Then there's a game like this or maybe like 999, Nine Persons, Nine Doors, uh, Nine Hours, could be wrong on that title, (laughs) is or the order of that title. I know those are the things. And within those, there is little gameplay elements. So in that game, in 999, you're like escape the room type puzzle. So it's a puzzle game. And then you go into all these visual novel parts where you're just talking with characters. And then you make a choice to go into the door. And that's probably one of my first ones I ever played. I would off the top of my head. I'm pretty sure I dabbled with stuff before that, but that was on the DS. No, I remember you throwing that one at me quite a few different times. And you got to play this Larry. And I did the Larry thing and I... Procrastinated, <laughs> <laughs> and then so there is a kind of a mesh on what people think is authentically visual visual novel people are very strange in that I, regard too so yeah i've noticed that i've kind of dove into the reddit side of things to see where people have 
very, very large opinions. Yeah, what exactly. Is the correct way to do a visual novel. So I think what the crossover is a lot of my game, and I really like story. So JRPGs usually have a very thought-provoking world-building character dynamics, and and that's what I like about books too. Usually, I read tend to read fantasy, sci-fi. I've, I've branched out a lot since. I started reading, but that's what I started with, and that's how I still love it to this day. I think everybody reads the same thing, but you imagine everything different. With a visual novel, at least you get the characters in your mind, and so that is then everything else is just about the dialogue and the feeling and the tension and the music that builds up to it. I like that. I think maybe the part of it is you know the musical cues while you're experiencing story elements and visual novels, I think it just enhances it a little bit. Yeah, so it takes a little bit of the imagination out of it from a book. Correct. Gotcha. Okay. But, and sometimes I think that can be a good thing. And sometimes, yeah. Yeah. Especially if it goes against, it can be a bad thing if it goes against what how you had pictured it. In, in your Correct. Head, and I think you get the complexities of a book, but then you get snippets of gameplay here and there, depending on which version you're doing. But you get some excitement with these art paths where you get these splash screens mm-hmm. of just these cool arts and different scenes, important scenes that kind of sear into your mind. And honestly, it's probably more akin to a TV show in some regards. Like you have this yeah, overarching because yeah. it's generally they're probably going to be longer than it take you to finish a book. So you get this nice, thorough story bits. And usually there's more than one ending and different... Uh, We'll call them paths that you can go down. I wonder if it's visual novels in a way are a little more like handholdy than books because it's like if you're struggling to kind of get an idea what the background is, they can show it to you. So you don't have yeah. to think that much. That's a great way. I mean, it's yeah, like picture books. Yeah. 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 I guess. Okay. All right. It's like a agglomation of graphic novels, but yeah, it's just like that weird medium mm-hmm. that exists. And it's hard because some people don't justify the price because, well, I don't have that many gameplay elements, but then you got to think about how long it took them to write, make the story, make all the artwork and voice acting for a lot of it too. I suppose that's an interesting question. I I didn't even realize that's a debate. Is there like a, is there a price point on a visual novel that you'd be like, that's not worth 60 bucks? No. See, in my head, it is just because of time, but generally I feel like visual novels aren't priced at that generally yeah. i feel yeah. like they're a little bit cheaper but that is a debate and you know they're also time consuming so there's that part are they worth your time like this game it took me quite a long to get towards the ending it's like almost 35 hours i mean that can be a good investment I know you, you made people. me squirm a little bit because I, I i've committed i want to play more of this but when you said 35 hours i was like Woof. <laughs> i feel like this is one of those games that just sucks you in though and it just yeah doesn't like time go. flies by now in this one it has more, 13 Sentinels specifically, it has more gameplay elements than a lot of visual novels. I think a lot of the time, the varying game modes help these types of games to a degree, unless it's really throw like tacked on, then it usually interferes, I feel like. The problem sometimes is I've when they're half-baked. Mm. And I feel like 13 Sentinels is not half-baked in either of its modes. You can definitely see that the RTS is... Yeah, lacking is probably the best word well, for but it. But see, I almost don't even know. It, it depends on because if you're some, and again, this is a, I'm, a, I'm assuming something here, but if you're someone who's individual novels, it, it feels like sometimes the overlap between people who are individual novels and the people who are like RTSs isn't there, which is why it's such a unique yeah. thing to add in the game. I probably agree with that, but I don't so, really know. Yeah, if you're not somebody who plays, and I don't even know if RT. I guess it is real time. It's like that almost feels like that's not quite the correct term to use. Yeah, exactly. That's why yeah. I call it RTS turn-based because I don't yeah. really know 
but yeah so if you're not as picky like again i'm just i'm a super fan of xcom so i just i love the games i'm actually slowly making my way through phoenix point right now which is kind of an offshoot game from the same developer but it's you if as long as you're not that into it there it's probably complex enough for you yeah i feel like subpar is probably better there's subpar elements to it but there's enough strategy that'll get you through it but for visual novels i feel like this is a great one i think it's top tier where do you kind of rank this i'm not gonna just have you make a list of visual novels and where you'd rank them but like is this like a top five visual novel for you all time top three uh yeah probably i feel like like right off the top of my head and i haven't really thought about it super well like steins gate danganronpa to this game they're all like right there okay i mean that's that's high praise yeah those are great games so without going into spoiler territory, these might be minor spoilers, but I just want to talk about some of the gameplay story bits. Yeah, you got to be careful because yeah. I don't want to get spoiled. Exactly. I'm actually going to play this one. So you know we've talked about there are mechs. There are 13 school-age children that are getting into mechs. The game starts off at the final battle hmm. that Japan is being overrun by these kaiju, which are giant robot monster-looking things. And so you have time travel in here. The cool part about this game is it literally has probably every trope that you can think of. There is the people that have lost their memory. There is the giant kaiju attacking. There's time travel. There's cloning. There's AI. It has every element. And I thought, oh, this is going to be done. It's just going to be full of cliches. And they... They make it all work? They make it all work. They There's like things like Terminator and E.T. in it that work. I mean, one of the episodes you played this doesn't really go into spoilers too much is this girl finds this robot Mm. and it reminds you of et because she like puts in her satchel it's got like a little thing over its head you know i'm just realizing why i think this game is resonates with me so much is you explaining that i haven't played it in a while and i instantly went right to the locker room yep exactly that's (laughs) where you find it the fact that like that shows you how it almost has like that book quality the fact that i was able to recall that quickly this game has not been on my mind there's been a game that's released that has spent a lot i've spent a lot of time playing and yet, as soon as you brought that up, boom, right back to it. Yeah, and that that particular story arc about her finding that we'll call it ET, but it looks like a little monitor slash kind of like Wally. It looks like Wally. That's why I think you even mentioned that before. I said Wally. Yeah, ET seems like a weird. Frame well, of when I think ET, it just I don't know when it's it, like not when, a robot. It, when it pops up out of the basket. It's got like the clothes <laughs> over its head, and it reminds me of the oh, ET okay. when he's in the either in the house or he's in the riding on the bicycle. Mm, okay, or in the basket in the bicycle basket but that is the first time where you go or depends on how you play it i guess you go to the future and you Mm -hmm. see the destruction and one of my favorite parts about this game is when you see in the background like a giant machine just come out and the music hits right and it's just well again so i'm glad that you're i guess i'm glad but i'm also then slightly worried the fact that like you brought up the exact moment that i played where the fact that you hit that storyline beat and I remembered it exactly. But then right after that, it goes into the moment that already sticks in my head is going to the future and seeing that desolated world with the kaiju getting up. That's so awe-inspiring. But I'm assuming that it just continues then. Oh, yeah. There's, okay. <laughs> there's plenty of... Every time they'd have something in the background moving around, I'm just like, oh, this game's so beautiful. It's great. Yeah. It's got this weird animation to it, too. It's not like super crisp. There's just something slightly off about it that I love. I don't know what it is. In a weird way, I feel like a tune that I've had to the games this season has been, as long as they're standing still, they're fine in motion. I don't like them. With a lot of them, it feels like. <laughs> this game is that like is it, you know, the example of like just it's just beautiful all around. Yeah, there's 
I want to say so many spoilers, but it. I think the coolest part about it, knowing that there is timelines and jumping around, you get to see these characters in so many different times and how much they've changed and their looks and just it all works together. And then when you realize what the game's actually about, it's just freaking bonkers in the best of ways. Okay, so safe to say, can we kind of put down the flag that like we'll maybe wait and do a, like a special side episode someday where if I do eventually ever beat it, we are we going to do talk. a standalone episode and we're just going to talk spoilers the entire time. If, if Well, if you demanded listeners or if, Larry, you ever finish Feel this that game. I want to talk. Yeah, because I would love to okay, go so, into the detail because the, the main antagonist in this game is great and just the ch- there's a freaking talking cat. You can't go wrong. There's, <laughs> okay, well, then, there's a talking cat that, trusts us, uh, that makes people assassinate other people. It's just hilarious Okay, all right. in the best of ways. Fair. So if we do spoilers someday cool but i think i implore you like i said in the intro just go play this game and then find people on reddit to talk about it or whatever or message me on twitter whatever you want to do and we will talk about this matter of michael you know and then hopefully we can get larry to finish it because you do have a ps4 don't you Mm -hmm. so this i played this whole game on ps4 i dabbled on the ps5 as well after i got it but yeah no i i definitely want to set aside some time to play this it's intrigued me and, it, and honestly everything you've been talking about is kind of fitting into things that i'm interested in from storylines anyways so cool. i'm curious to see kind of where all the characters go i already like i said the little bit that i've played i'm curious how the characters are going to evolve what's going on it clearly feels like there's something larger than what i'm seeing happening <laughs> yeah so and i think another standout point is so you have these 13 individuals and each of their stories, you're kind of doing something else. Like one is stuck in a perpetual loop like Groundhog Day. One person's trying to recruit people. Another person's um, going from time to time looking for food. You know, <laughs> the yakisoba guy is one of my favorite things. So there's enough intrigue within the narrative of doing, it doesn't all feel the same that I think they did really well. With okay. That. And there's like a uniqueness to each one of the characters. That Correct. Okay. I, I like that. Yeah, because I know when you first said and kind of showed me the game, the idea that there's 13 individual characters, I was like, man, that seems like a lot. That's that's the beauty of this game. Somehow they wrap it all up perfectly, and it's I feel like that six-year production time. <laughs> yeah, I feel like there are standout characters for me, but I enjoyed almost every story. Okay. If I, I, actually, I don't know if there's a story I didn't not like. And again, your 34-ish hours were a platinum. 35, yeah. 35, okay. And was that, you said for the most part, you're going to probably get them all anyways? Yeah. Let me let me just do howlongtobeat.com. 13 Sentinels. Because with 13 different characters. 30 and a half hours. 30 and a half. Is the median. Just main story, though. I mean, there's not much extra to do in this game, I would say. So kinda, that's, that's like so a little over two hours per character. Like if you rushed... You could do it in, apparently it says 23 hours. Okay. A little over. Leisure, you could take up to 39, 38. So. Do, do some characters take more of a, a front and center role? And some, do some definitely no, feel excited? Like so that, that's my thing. I feel like every character feels like a main character in regard. There are some that take leadership roles more than others. And I feel like there's definitely a main character in this game, but they do really good about jumping back and forth between them. That's, it's impressive. It's, it's honestly an achievement that I didn't think. Usually, when I think of JRPGs where you start off all like and you have to go eventually gain everybody and separate stories, this one interconnects them so well all the time that it just works. So I guess the 
it's something I'm curious about. I was when I was doing a little bit of research with the game too, trying to not spoil anything for myself. I was reading just kind of the synopsis as people were giving for the reviews, and it's pretty much critically acclaimed by most people who reviewed it. So, why is it a game, especially on Sony side of things, that did so well? Why does it feel like it went under the radar? Like, how many do we know how much it sold? I can, I I can hear you clicky clacking away. It sounds yeah, I'm like I'm looking at the review and seeing what it got reviewed at. Sitting at an 85. Okay. I know they did a post of like celebrating that it had a half a million copies, like 500,000. So by the time you're listening to this, though, I think the Switch version should be out, which is cool. They're pouring the Switch. I feel like it'll find a new audience. Yeah, on the second anniversary live stream of the game, it had surpassed 500,000 copies sold worldwide. So remember, it came out a year before in Japan, so that's their second year. So September 2021, 500,000 copies, 200 of that was in Japan. That, it's That's still kind of crazy though, right? Like it, it just shows you how weird gaming is. Like that's technically a success. And the, I think the hard part, this is a strange sell. Like how do you sell this game? Oh, okay, yeah, speak to me. <laughs> how <laughs> like, do you sell this game? <laughs> exactly. You look at the art style and you're like, man, amazing. But then they're going to look at, oh, it's very anime. Even though it's not really anime per se like when i think anime i think of like goofy characters and like quick obscene stuff but so is it because it's a visual like what is the most popular visual novel ever i know there's been a couple that kind of hit like crack uh, the mainstream i have no idea to be honest because like i even say like obviously on our old podcast we talked about doki doki that, and i feel like that one cracked a little bit into the mainstream because people are like this is so weird help that it was free too i yeah. think so i feel it, like is it the Dagon Dagon Rampa? Every yeah. once in a while, has kind of hit that line. Yeah, let's just look. We're doing a bunch of on the fly shit. That's fine. Do some research. Dagon Rampa sales. Because while you're typing, I just wonder if it's the visual novel. 2018, Spike Chunsoft, the developer, or I think that's developer. I don't remember. What was the developer's name? Spike Chunsoft. Okay. Reported in March 20. 18 that the two games each sold an additional 200,000 units through Steam. By 2021, the series reached 5 million copies. So that's oh, okay. three games, three. 5 million copies. I mean, but the, okay, they're averaging over one point. Like, So I I, I feel like if this style of game reaches, which is crazy, 500,000 to a million copies, you're doing good. I wonder what the production cost was for the game then. Because my, my hunch is the fact that it's hand-drawn, as much as that's more tedious, clickety-clack, it's... It's got to cost less. But you know, they what? seem very proud of it, which yeah, it's pretty awesome. You can buy a figurine. <laughs> so, wow, that's that's the thing. It's impossible to find these numbers, okay. which sucks. But they are definitely cheaper to make than most AAA games here in the West. That's for sure. I think it's just a hard sell because one, I feel like the biggest demographic of players is Impatient. not in the East. <laughs> no, <you're> not, not, <laughs> <impatient>. <laughs> yes, that too. Uh, and this is just not the style of game. It's not gameplay focused for most of it. Yeah, it's just a very hard sell. Well, and I guess this kind of shows my lack of knowledge when it comes to the Eastern market then. Because for some reason in a game of this style, it kind of feels weird that they only sold 200,000. In Japan? Yeah. Maybe that's a lot. I don't know. There's like 100 million people there. I don't know how many of them are gamers, but <laughs> you have got <laughs> quite a few. Odin Sphere. Let's look at Odin Sphere number. In 2015, it sold over 500,000. Hmm. And I believe that is with... I can't remember when the PS4 version of that came out. Okay, this is just this is purely for just research purposes, and we can you can be listening with us, guys, because this is kind of what we do sometimes. What is like a Final Fantasy sell in Japan? Final Fantasy ten sales in Japan. 
2.43 million. Hmm. Okay. That mark, maybe the market's just not as big as I thought it was. Yeah. It's, I mean, that is also from yeah, that's 2008? Yeah. No, no, no. no. 2004? Maybe, yeah. One, no. I think it's 2001. Yeah, that came my out in 2001. Goodness. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, okay, so that, that's... I was trying to think. I was like, what age was I in yeah, school? That, I was like, wait. <laughs> go back, go back, go back. Oh, yeah, we're yeah, getting, 2001. We're getting, old. We're getting yeah, 2001. I remember that because I remember playing that over winter break. Is that crazy? That came out over two decades ago. Oof. Oh my god! But yeah. okay, so well, and, and maybe that's so that's wow. a bad example, but still, like no, oh, I okay. think that is a good example. Well, okay, you know what? And again, we don't need to keep doing this. The listeners, last one, well, Persona Five, that feels like a because I was remember newer. that selling like two million in their super or a million in their super. Okay, so like so that would be so then I guess the what I'm trying to get at is the five hundred thousand sales mark is actually pretty good then. So Persona Five Royal, which is the yeah. one that came out later, shipped over one point eight million. Um, the original Persona 5 sold more than 3.2 million. You know what I'm realizing? That's why the American market is so lucrative. Like, because we get Call of Duty games over here that sell just. You understand? I'm not 15 million. Yeah, I'm not million. saying that they're better games, but you understand why developers are trying to make games for like the wet Europe and the American market. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I well, mean, you think of player counts like an Apex or any new like Valorant or whatever is big and new. Mm. They're probably making way more money than this. Oh yeah. So, but I guess that's my takeaway is like because it feels like the visual novel style would be so fun to see. I wonder what like a a high end budgeted tri- visual novel game. What what does that consist of? I find you. You look like you have something to say. I'm just looking at my, like my favorite one ever. <laughs> I typed in Steins Gate sales, and then people also ask, "Is Steins Gate boring?" <laughs> <laughs> if it's well, a visual novel, yeah, I guess maybe. Yeah, well, yeah. This is just telling. When Steins Gate, its first week sold sixteen thousand four hundred thirty-four copies, <laughs> and then the second week forty-two hundred. Oh, that's not good. Yeah, but then eventually the it says blah blah blah. blah, blah. As of December twenty fifteen, the Steins Gate visual novel series has sold more than one million copies, including a hundred thousand of Steins Gate Zero, which is the sequel, alternate prequel so, thing of a jigger. The fact that a game that started off with a sales count that was okay and then quickly dropped down to just randomly small numbers that i wonder if that's a telling sign of like steam sale and summer sales and stuff like that maybe i don't know so it ended up selling well the psp version alone over there sold sixty three thousand in its first week okay all right which is crazy but so i guess handhelds and what i'm really realizing though is just the visual novel genre is is very niche is a niche i used that word in our last episode (laughs) but this is absolutely a niche yes i mean it's so much different than what Video games started off as being, I would be like. So I, want, I wonder then if there is like a triple A level like franchise that they could like turn into like a visual novel. Like do like a, yeah, a Mario Mar- visual novel. <laughs> <laughs> paper Mario, but really it's really paper. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there you go. I can almost see the promo. So, so. <laughs> so the question I do have to ask you because this gets brought up a lot. How does the sexualization of the characters, a.k.a. them becoming naked to enter the mechs does that bother you none at all there are some characters that are heavy chested i, I guess I'll, I'll answer this this way i kind of thought about this question for a while you know what in, and you have an interesting perspective of being a father mm-hmm. of a daughter yeah woman i, I will i will Lady. word it <laughs> i will word it this way for starters i will put the caveat out there i think for some reason and it's not just western culture it's actually american culture we're really weird with nudity and I don't know Super why. Super weird. Like, 
Europe, it's normalized. Japan, China, India, just beyond normal. Well, maybe not China. <laughs> Eastern culture, it's very much normalized. Europe, it's normalized. I don't know I think, what happened in America. I think America. Japan does have an, sometimes an over-sexualization. Yes, thing, I'm not defending that. I'm just saying in America, nudity is just like taboo. Yeah, taboo is a good I, word. I'm not, I don't want to make a statement, but I think kind of the religious upbringing of America probably has something to do with that. But regardless of that, so to me, there needs to usually be like a story reason why I don't necessarily like the idea of just having a naked character to have a naked character. Uh, it would be nice to know if those machines, the reason they're naked when they get into them is there's something going on. I I don't know what it is. There is. Okay. Okay. So that's all you need. I don't want to be spoiled, but so that that's okay with me. Um, whether a character's, you know, flat chested, big chest. I mean, there's a variety of people in real life. Like, just don't. Okay. Can we talk about that for a second, though? Okay. Every time there's an anime character with big boobs, people just go up and roar. I was like, do you realize there's a lot of women out there yeah. with big boobs? I, I mean, I do think, I mean, it's a pretty big cliche that in a lot of anime, they're over-exaggerated a lot of times. I think where it begins to bother me, which is like, I, I'm not going to body shame anybody. I... Me personally, I like bigger women. I like I'm a I'm a boob guy. It's just what it is. And I'm so I know more about you. <laughs> <laughs> so if that's in a game, it's not going to bother me. I think what when it bothers me is when the focus is on like the jiggle physics, and that's yeah, all yeah. where it becomes that. Like more power to you if you want that in a game. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't care. Yeah, play it if that's all you want to play. Is it some erosion game where all you're seeing is boobies bounce all over the place? Whatever. There's people that all they do is watch grown men beat the shit out of each other i mean what's the difference in my head okay touche yeah like um, ufc and stuff like they're a bunch of naked I mean, guys. okay so I, I would make the argument that for people who are a little more educated on the ufc there's an actual martial art behind yeah that. <laughs> no i know <laughs> what would you, if you just look at it because the people that are making comments about oh this is super they're just getting a snapshot of it okay well prime example then if you want to stick with the ufc route is don't look at the fighters we have girls in bikinis holding up signs in between the rounds. Exactly. Like, That's so still a leftover from there, some. Yeah. And, and again, on one hand, if they're comfortable with that and not forced, go for it. it. There's no problem. There's nothing wrong with showing skin. It's just, I think there needs to be, usually there needs to be some form of reason. If it's just in there to clearly be perverse, you could still get away with that. I was it's just going to say. It's just. I think sometimes there is too much of it and you can sometimes tell when there's like most, and I'm not trying to get into like a, a man versus woman take here, but you can sometimes tell when a game is written by a man compared to maybe oh, having yeah. a little bit of influence. But I, I just, I think there's, there's almost two arguments here. There's yes. Like we've already stated in America, you show nudity and suddenly the game has to be rated NC 17. <laughs> uh, but there's the other side of it that I think we've almost flipped and gone too far where everything needs to be equal and equivalent. Every woman has to be in full fledged armor that looks just like a man and every man needs to be equal with that. You can do both. You just have to have a story reason for that. Or guess what? If that's what you want to creatively write, we should allow people to do that. <laughs> that's like one of my favorite quotes. I don't remember what podcast I was listening to, but Yokotaro, somebody asked him like, that's my boy. Yeah, why did you make her like scantily clad? He's like, I just like the way it looks. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, you know, at that point, you know, somebody was bashing for them, but like, why? It's literally, it's his genius. It's his directive. Like if he wants it, just 
make it. You don't have to play that game and you don't have to like it, but yeah, you it, have to respect his choice to a point. I do think that we do have this weird point in culture right now where we have a lot of people who, if someone is visually just wanting to make a game that they enjoy and they like what they like, we there should be no reason. You should not be punished for that. But I think the problem is this particular area, there's been kind of a norm for a long time. They don't, it, yeah. it kind of feels like... I'm sure you could point to about a billion different examples where a character looks the way they look just because every other character looks like that from the that, past. That's also true. And then, you know, anime slash any, things that go in this route, there is a thing called fan service and those mm-hmm. are existing games. And normally I don't like that yeah. at all. And that turns me off, but it doesn't mean I don't... What's a good way to say this? If I don't like that, doesn't mean there's somebody listening that's like wants more of that and I don't shame them for wanting that because you... As long as you like it and you're not harming anybody, cool. Go for it. Well, and then I would go so far as since you clearly pointed out the fact that I'm a father to have. So I have a daughter. Uh, I think one of my more popular tweets I've done in a long time was I posted a picture of uh, Aloy in Horizon Zero Dawn, the first one. And there was a point where uh, Layla, my daughter Layla, was playing. That wasn't Aloy. Wasn't that uh Oh yeah, no, no, it's not Aloy. It's, it's I, I instantly think Aloy. It's uh, what's her name from Assassin's Creed Odyssey? Okay, yeah. sorry. Uh, that character. Uh, there was a certain point where the sunlight was hitting her in the right way, and she had told me Layla went out of her way to let me know that she looks so powerful and strong. And so I kind of looked at that as like a being a father. I was like, you know, representation matters, so you should want to care about what your main characters look like. Correct. And so. I don't know if I would a hundred percent be comfortable if for my daughter playing a game where literally every character masculine or feminine is literally just throwing their stuff around all over the place. (laughs) Like I'm like, she needs to, she's going to understand that this happens in life, but I, I just tend to like things to have a reason that not being said though, if you happen to have a character who just because they're larger in one area over the other and they're just in the game, they don't need a story for why they're larger. The human body's all over the freaking place. <laughs> I know. I guess that's my, that's a good point because it feels like, especially right now, like every character has to be a certain way because there's mm-hmm. no, and it's like, well, then you're just alienating so <laughs> many people. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, I know. Oh We're, no. Every character has got to be this height, this stuff. Yeah. It, yeah, yeah. And I'm pretty sure we can both, it's pretty easy to say, like, just culture in general right now is in a weird spot. Like, yeah. it's being tested, it's being pushed, but freedom of choice should always be. Yeah. And I don't think this game gets too gratuitous in any area. There's a nurse in this that has giant boobs that jiggle. And that's, is, a, that's a trope. That and is it on. now her character that goes on a whirlwind, let me tell you, that <laughs> character arc. <laughs> so, right. But people point out every review i've listened to or any preview everybody mentioned like oh my gosh she's got the biggest boobs in the world i was like so obviously it was a focal point for some people and but i don't think it's as gratuitous as people say i just, I just always wonder these people never seen a woman before i don't know well that's an interesting point though then too is so if you happen to in real life see a nurse with just that had a larger chest like are you instantly judging them like to that's, me that's, that's what it feels like the market shoots for and i've always thought about that because i feel like man for as much as people want to be inclusive and whatever, they pick things like this that I feel are strange. To you me. know, what it could be it could be just the outfit because yeah, real like nurses in real life don't typically wear those. You know, <laughs> there, there's no cleavage, <laughs> so well, that could also be what that video touche, game industry does. Touche. But yeah. Wow. Okay. I, I didn't. We both had some opinions on that one. Yeah. 
But I do think do your, what you're gonna do. Yeah. As long as you're not harming somebody, which I get, if you over sexualize everything in games for now until the end of the millennia, that could probably do harm. Because mm-hmm. then you're gonna think, well, all women are this versus that, and all men have to be this way because they all have to be strong. You know, that has kind of bad connotations, as we we've probably seen. I look forward to this segment being clipped and taken apart and having our words thrown back at us. Yeah, <laughs> go for it. <laughs> Out of context rules, baby. Mm-hmm. But no, this game is great. Even if there's some sexual stuff, who cares? Well, Make guess- your own opinion about it after you play it. Okay. Or, well, you know, you can watch a long gameplay, and that's good enough for me, too. That's actually, uh, I-, I have a friend, Ryan, I think I brought up before. He, uh, a, lo- a way that he plays video games now is actually he'll just watch other people play it. And so is that considered plain? I don't know, but it feels like it's I'm pretty into sure. That. So I use that website. How long to be to track a lot of my progress and stuff? I'm pretty sure there is a watched section instead of like completing the game. You can just say you watched it from. I, I wonder to if end. there's like like. Uh, I, mean, I mean, like a let's play. How many people watch games? You know, that's so, true. It's valid. You should do a let's play. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe who knows? I'll never say never, but as of right now, no. So let's get on some quick bits. Best character arcs to me are Juro Kurabe for the mind messery. That's all I'm going to say. And Natsuno Minami for the ET and X Files feeling. <laughs> now, is this ET or Wally? Wally. <laughs> I don't know why I say ET. <laughs> One part is ET, but it definitely looks like more like Wally. And plus, the first time you transition to another timeline, seeing the destruction is just so, so good. Anytime the mechs come around too, when you see them in the actual adventure mode, you're just like, oh my God, <laughs> so good. Takatoshi's incessant need to find and love yakisoba pan, is, uh, which is a Japanese sandwich, is hilarious because that's mm-hmm. all he wants to do and eat. It's great. I mean, I even get that reference because I played that early on. The freaking talking cat and all the hijinks that come with that storyline, brilliant. Uh, epic mu- music when things are going down, also great. So you have androids, assassinations, giant kaiju entering your scene every single time the music just ramps up it's oh it's so good the multiple different personalities that the characters have in each timeline and the drip feed of information that you get is just so 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 freaking good i'm just imploring you again go play i'm I'm realizing i'm enjoying your ability to kind of walk around spoilers in the story (laughs) (laughs) like you're trying very hard look at the beautiful screenshots and go play the game Prisoner 426 bad guy reveal and all that's happening with them is fantastic. Especially, I don't know why Japanese artwork, whenever they do like a silhouette of you don't know who it is, mm-hmm. I just find that so intriguing to me. <laughs> <laughs> the wonderment. So again, just go play this game. <laughs> I feel like this is your strongest recommendation to the season so far. Yeah, maybe. It could be. Hmm. So we'll have to see how this works up on the wrap up, but where I actually align it. This is a longer game, so it's could it be a time investment? It's probably not your usual type of game, so there's a lot going against it in that regards, but I strongly feel it's worth your time. Well, I'm trying to think. The proper way for me to end this would be, as someone who you guys are probably very used to saying, I'm tapping out, I'm done, I've actually spent two and a half-ish hours in this game, and I want more. And you've probably gotten a decent idea at this point, kind of where I am with a lot of different video games. This is the most unique one that we've had on this list so far, I would say. Uh, more, maybe the most complex would be a better way of saying it. And it's very, it's newer. Yeah. So with all that being said, the fact that I'm still intrigued and want to do more, take that for what you will. Like that's 
pretty strong sentiment. And the fact that you have said nothing that makes me go, Ugh, no. So there you have it. Normally, I like to get poetic, do some wordplay with the title of the game. I'm just going to keep it real simple this time. Go play this game. <laughs> <laughs>